Yeah, my, my first exposure to the word or concept of abortion is probably when I was still in high school. Uh, one of my friends, one of my best friends, got a girl pregnant and they got an abortion. And I really didn't really know what to think about it at that time. I just knew, oh, she's pregnant. Oh, you guys went and got an abortion. Oh, okay. <laughs> other, other than that, I remember my my grandmother, sometimes my mom would have these bouts of depression back then. And my grandmother, at one point in time, she had told me, yeah, your mom hasn't really been the same since she was pregnant. And um, she had to go to Cleveland to have a baby taken care of. And I really didn't know what taken care of meant really back then. I just kind of like, oh. That's why mom gets depressed sometimes. She went to Cleveland and she had a baby and the baby had to get taken care of. You know, I never really even followed it up back then. Like, oh, what happened to my brother or sister? I don't I don't know why. I just kind of like just, you know, just, okay, you know. And But I, I didn't really connect it to not too long ago. I think I was in my, my 30s, early 40s. My mom has said, you know, I'm really glad. I had you in 1972 because if you had been born in 1973 or if I, you know, if you were conceived in 1973, then I probably would have boarded you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, and that was my mom. You know, mind you, my mom went on and got married and she had four other boys. I think there was a miscarriage in between there somewhere. But, uh, you know, great. My mom. I love my mom. And um, but that, that was her way of saying, man, I really appreciate you. I'm really glad I, glad I had you. I love you. But other than that, that was really my only exposure to abortion back when I was a kid. But my first hand experience with abortion happened, didn't happen until I was in college. And so I had a girlfriend. We had been together for a while and got pregnant. And I, she called me. I was, I was a summer camp counselor down at a summer camp. And she called me. And she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. And so, you know, conversation went on. Yeah, you sure? Yeah, well, sure. I'm going to go see a doctor, you know, this and that. And, and my understanding about abortion back then, like a lot of black kids, is that um, I just accepted what, <laughs> you know, like what the Democrat Party told us was true. You know, like that, you know, abortion is a woman's choice. The man has no rights. It's her her body she can do it for what she wants to that the man really has no input you know i just accepted that really without question that's just that's just what i believe i was 21 or 22 back then i didn't even make the distinctions between well the baby in the womb and the woman's body or if the baby had its own dna and its own organs its own lungs or or that or if you if you killed a baby if it's really the woman's body if you kill a baby why doesn't a woman die i hadn't really i hadn't really thought things through to logical conclusions i just read took what I received just 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 prima facie that what I received from just liberals and democrats that is this the woman's body she can do what she wants to so that that's the set of facts I was working with yeah so I asked her so so yeah I said so you know what do you want to do and she said well you know I thought about you know getting an abortion I was like oh okay well how much how much did that cost because I'm trying to be supportive and you know she tells me I was like well hey I, I'll send you the more money but, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm with you. You know, this is us. You know, this is, we're in this together. You know, I'm with you. 
So I talked to her about a week later, you know, some time passes. And so I was like, hey, you got the money. What did you what did you decide to do? And so she says, um, yeah, I took the money and I use it to put a down payment or a deposit down on the house for us to rent when we get back to college. And I was like, oh, OK. And so this this is the woman I eventually married. She when she's alone, she makes these arbitrary decisions, you know, just whatever. And sometimes they work out for me. Sometimes they don't. This one did. You know, our first daughter was born on March 8th. 1995 and you know she's always been the joy of my life so um, I really don't know how close um, her mom was to get an abortion I, I really don't know but I was really glad she didn't and that was like my really my first time ever having like a first hand experience with you know whether a, a child lives or dies based upon the decision of its parents and just dealing with the consequences of having, you know, sex out of wedlock and just being irresponsible. Because I, you know, I wasn't, I was an agnostic back then. Um, she was an agnostic. We really didn't believe much. Really, really didn't have that moral, um, that background of formation as kids. And so we're just, we're just out there. Um, and this decision worked out. Yeah, what caused me to think about abortion differently, not, not so to speak become pro-life, but what caused me to think about it differently was two years later, after our first daughter was born, um, she's about to graduate from college, and we had been, um, I think I was going to graduate the next year, because I took a year off of school, because I was working, because we didn't want to be on welfare. Um, so I took a year off to work, take care of my family. Um, she stayed in school, uh, so she could stay on track. And I think we did take some government assistance for daycare, but 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 that was it. So, but we were we were just broke college students. We were just just both working, and just just doing our best. But it was 1997. Our relationship wasn't really the same. Um, I don't think we were like still engaged. We were still living together at this point in time because we had our daughter, and I was I was with other women. I don't know if it was cheating. So I don't know if we were together, but. I guess it was. I think we were still sleeping together in the same bed, obviously, because she told me that she was pregnant. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm just thinking we're about to have, you know, another child. You know, she's about to graduate. I'm still got a year of school. Okay, you know, whatever. We're, you know, it, the question of abortion didn't even come up because we already had our first daughter. I didn't even think it was like a question. I was like, oh, we're about to, okay, we're about to have another kid. So... One day, I come home, and, you know, she's on the sofa chair. You know, she's kind of looking depressed and sad, and I really don't think much of it. You know, I go over there, and, and it's crazy. Let me tell you, it's crazy. I can, I can remember everything about that day. I can tell you exactly what she had on. It's like this pair of, of white sweatpants, thin, and shouting this this um windbreaker that she annexed for me that it was originally mine and she just took it over but she's aware all the time and it was mine and i really didn't think much of it after you know if your woman takes some of your clothes and they just starts wearing them all the time they become hers so but it was that it was that it was that pullover it was it was white blue and black and it's how many these um 
these footies and I can remember like the sun was coming it was like midday around 2 o'clock maybe 1 or 2 o'clock because I remember the sun coming through the patio window I, I remember everything about that day because I go over there to her you know trying to cheer her up hey you know what's wrong you know and I started playing with her I feel that she has a, a I feel like a diaper and and it just automatically clicks like you had an abortion and she doesn't say anything Oh, you got an abortion? And I just start, I just start escalating. I mean, I start making myself angry. I remember just saying the same thing over and over again. Like, oh, Brenda thinks she just killed my baby. Her name wasn't Brenda. I'm just, you know, protect the innocent in the story. I was like, oh, Brenda, you, you think you just killed my baby? Oh, you just think you can just take something that's mine? You just think you're just going to kill my child? And so I'm just, I'm just like escalating, just like getting real angry like that. And, um, and so she walks away and goes to the bedroom and I follow behind her, you know, just like, just still escalating, just like, just making myself angry. Just keep saying this same, same stuff over again. Like, oh, you just want to take something from me. You just think you just killed my child. And, um, and so I leave the bedroom and I go to the kitchen and I get a knife, I get a butcher knife and I go back to the bedroom and I get on the bed and I tell her to get on your knees. And she gets on her knees. And, um, you know, I'm still talking, just making myself angry. I mean, this is the angriest I had ever been in my life. I mean, after after this, everything in life just seemed funny. Like, I didn't get angry for like a long time after this. Because just like, this was the angriest I had ever been. I mean, just like, angry enough to take somebody's life. And I was about to. And so I lift the, you know, knife up. You know, and I'm about to just take the knife and just drill it down, just in the, just in in her skull, just just all the way through. I'm just gonna slam it in there, and um, you know, life for life. I mean, that's just what I'm feeling now. You took my child, you took my child's life. I'm about to take yours. And I look down at her, and she's just there on her knees, just hunched over, sort of like, and her her face is in her. And her palms like that. And as I look down at her, I realize, you know, I'm confused at first. I'm like, why isn't she fighting for her life? <laughs> she see me here with a knife. She knows exactly what's about to happen. Why isn't she fighting for her life? And, that, and that's when it catches me that she thinks she deserves this. She thinks that she deserves for me to kill her. She's already dead. And I realized that there's nothing I can do to her right now that she doesn't already feel. And I feel that it's better just to let her live with this, with this death feeling that she's feeling than to kill her. So, I get off the bed. I go back to the kitchen and put away the knife. And I um, sit on the couch. I'm just really just trying to plot my next move because I'm not leaving this woman alone with our daughter. I don't trust her. <laughs> she just killed my child. Uh, she's not. She has to go. I, I don't care. 
I don't care where she goes. She has to leave this apartment. And um, I'm just trying to figure out, man, how do I take care of my daughter by myself? And so she comes out there to the sofa couch, sitting down. She's in the fetal position. And I'm just looking at her in disgust. And, um, you know, some time passes. And she says, um, she says, I need you. You know, a soft voice. And she says, I need you. I can't do this alone. And I hear her. You know, and I look at her. You know. And, you know, I see my best friend. You know, I see the woman who I know since I was a freshman in college. Woman always making arbitrary decisions when she's alone. Sometimes they work out for me. Sometimes they didn't. This one didn't. But I realized at that moment, too, that my actions played a role in her being alone and making that arbitrary decision. Because I'm out there with other women. She doesn't feel safe. She doesn't feel secure. And, you know, what is she supposed to do? Uh, it doesn't justify taking a life of innocent child in a womb. Uh, I'm still angry about that. There's nothing to justify that, I don't think. But, you know, what is she supposed to do? You know, she didn't. Obviously, she seemed like she regrets that decision. So, we stayed together. <clears throat> and we ended up having two other daughters. We had one, like, right the next year. I think that was the only um, child we had intentionally. And we got married um, before um, she was born. And, you know, for a lot of years, I held that over her head. And I was angry. Even after I became a Catholic, I was still, I still hold her over her head about what she did, you know, because it, it was just full of pain, and um, and I don't, I don't really don't know why either, because for a period of time, I wasn't really a great husband either. I was cheating, committing adultery, you know, we we're still agnostic. Um, um, it was silly because I used to say, well, adultery is for Christians. I'm not a Christian, but she knew about it at least one time, and and some of the at least I took three women to the abortion clinic, pay for three abortions, and I think at least two of those were definitely mine. And I was still believing at this point in time. Well, it's the woman's choice. I can't do anything about it. And I called me me paying for it and me taking them to abortion clinic and me being supportive. I mean, it's like so stupid, but that's that's my. My, my thought pattern back then, and um, I remember saying to the two women who I thought you know the child was mine that you know you don't have to do this. Um, I said it to them then, right before they went into the clinic, and I said it at a couple other times, like you don't have to do this. But I was a married man. You know, one of them was married, one was engaged. Um, and who wants to have a child by a married man, or have a child by a married man when you're married or engaged? And so it was just, just stupid.
just stupid. And um, but the pain, you know, I, I've I've learned how to mourn for those children of mine later after I became Catholic. But nothing was ever as painful to me. And it's still painful to me in a different way now. That first child with the woman who became my wife. But also, at those abortion centers, this is really my first time encountering the pro-life movement. Because they were out there with pamphlets, trying to talk to us, trying to dissuade us from going in. And, of course, I didn't want it to happen. So I was always giving, you know, the pro-life people my ear. And, um, you know, handing, you know... The woman, a pamphlet, you know. Like, do you want to do this? You know, so all went through with it. So when I become pro-life, well, I, I can't. I would say I became pro-life when I realized that life begins at the moment of conception, and I realized that after I became Catholic, becoming Catholic was consequential. I mean, there were some consequences to me becoming a Catholic. I had to let go of some things that I previously held. Like, I could no longer be a Freemason, like I talked about in my last confession video. Um, I talked in some videos a while ago, talking about how I ended up um, leaving the Democratic Party. It was part of me becoming Catholic. And it was connected to this, me becoming pro-life. Um, and so this is, this is just another one of those things that I could never... I can hold true what I received just prim facie from the Democratic Party that for them the abortion is a sacrament that you know you know woman's choice she can do what she wants to with her body that that whole thing I had had to question that whole thing is that is that is that true and that that all occurred during the process after after I became Catholic I, I, this is not something I learned during RCA I don't think this this issue even came up. I don't know, I won't say that. I don't remember it coming up, I'll say that. But it's just, just listening to EWTN and Teresa Tommy on Catholic Connection, because she talked about it. She talked about this almost every day. And I would listen to her every day in the morning. And she would have guests on there talking about Humanae Vitae, the papal encyclical. And I started, so from that, I started doing, doing research on my own and studying the theology and just really understanding why is it that Catholic believe, Catholics believe that life begins at the moment of conception and why does the human being has value from that moment until natural death? So for me, become, becoming Catholic and becoming pro-life, man, I became, I actually became not just pro-life in the sense of anti-abortion, I became pro-life, I became whole life, right, for, for the human person. That, that I let go of the notion of being here to four. I used to believe that, you know, have death penalty was fine. It was okay to kill. If a person commits a sin, yeah, you can just go ahead and kill him. Um, my, my, my understanding of my love, I would say, for the dignity of the human being at, that I developed as a result of me becoming Catholic had me let that go too. That no. That regardless of what a person does, that their life has value and that the highest good for them is to encounter Jesus Christ. Okay? And so I, I let go of that notion that we just kill sinners. Um, I let go of the notion that we just uh, arbitrarily um, kill people by dropping an atomic bomb or a nuclear bomb on innocent people who have nothing to do with 
um, the war. I, I let go of that. I, I don't believe that's true anyway that anymore. Um, self-defense is different, of course, because in, in self-defense, you are not, if you end up killing a person because of self-defense, the intent is not to kill the person. The intent is to preserve your life. So that, that's different than arbitrarily dropping a nuclear bomb and just innocent people. So, so I let go uh, of that notion. So I let go of a lot of things <clears throat> because I fell in love with Jesus Christ who entered our condition through the womb of a woman. God born of a woman. I mean, Jesus was born in the womb. Therefore, how can we kill a child there? Jesus was there. Our God, our Savior came into the world, into the human flesh, the womb of a woman. How can we kill there? And Jesus came, he's born a woman, right? Virgin Mary, and then he, he, he dwelt among us, lived our life. And he was he was the poor, right? He he self-identifies with them them prison. He self-identifies the hungry and the homeless. And and so how can we not value life there? How can we not value life where Jesus was or who people he self-identified with? How, how, how can we kill people at, at any stage of life? Because God was there. So, so really just falling in love with Jesus Christ caused me to fall in love with the human being. At every stage of human development, Christ was there. And Christ self-identifies with us there. His face is on all of us. So we, we just can't not say human life is sacred, that we just arbitrarily kill it. No, no matter what it does, we, we have to fight for that. Because um, that, that's what makes us human. I mean, if, if we let go of that, our humanity, what makes us who we are, is gone. How do I reconcile my past? That's a tough question because I recognize the, the beautiful reality that I was baptized. And I belong to Christ now. And everything I did in the past before I was baptized is washed away that I've been redeemed, that I belong to his body now. So I can't say anymore that I have blood on my hands because that, that blow's washed. Right? And I, to say I have blood on my hands would be saying, well, I deny my baptism. No, Christ cleansed me. He redeemed me. But the pain remains. And the pain is real. And I'm traumatized. I really am. Yeah, I'm really traumatized. I mean, I have PTSD when it comes to this. And my wife, I feel bad for her because it took her, we've known each other since 2011. <clears throat> and it took her maybe six or seven years to really understand that. And she's wondering why, you know, why I talk about this all the time. Why I be posting on Facebook all the time about abortion. Like, why every day, you know, something about abortion. And why I'm so outraged by it. You know, it took a while to realize I have PTSD. I'm traumatized by it, of my past. And I'm also just deeply in love with the potential, the human potential that, that of, of God. Um of every human being being who God intended him, intended him to be and every human being having that opportunity to get to know, to love, to serve God in this life and the next. And so I fight for that. I struggle for that. And I have zero tolerance. Matter of fact, I have negative 100 degree tolerance and people just talk casually about killing babies in the womb, lynching babies in the womb. I mean, let somebody talk about, you know, being like a, 
a woman's right to just kill a, kill a baby, innocent baby, defenseless baby in a womb, a vulnerable a human being at the most vulnerable state. I mean, let, let us be around family, family members, and somebody slip up and say something just completely stupid like that. I mean, I become a completely different person. I do like the Incredible Hulk. I like, I like, I like turn a shade of of green. I mean, I get really angry. I mean, I really had PTSD. I do just just traumatized. It just makes me angry. I flip out. Um, for a while, I had to stop going to um, abortion meals because some of the men they come in there. I don't know if they they pimps. I don't know what they are. Uh, you know, sometimes forcing these women. And I started talking to the man. Sometimes, you know, there's been there's been instances where you know it's kind of almost kind of like blows, fist fights, fist fights, and um, and so I have to, you know, I have to, I have, I have so much anger that about this issue, about just innocent babies losing their life because the human beings we're just stupid. We make arbitrary decisions, selfish decisions, just a snuff out of life to lynch a baby in the womb. Just makes me so angry. It does, and I know abortion is just really a symptom of a much bigger issue. I, I know that it's a it's a symptom of a much deeper, much sicker issue that we aren't addressing. But it's a symptom that makes me sick. You know, your symptoms get me sick. <laughs> they do, and so. I guess that's, I don't know if that answers the question, how to reconcile my past. I guess I don't think there's any reconciliation necessarily. I don't. I'm just angry. I'm just mad. Okay, about my past and about how people aren't given the opportunity, you know, that my mother gave me, that she wouldn't have gave me if I was born in 73. So I'm mad. I'm angry. I, I, I'm not reconciled to my past at all. I'm not. So that's my confession story about how I went from being a, a pro-choice person who participated in abortions, who was deeply affected by it, to a person who is now a, a whole life pro-life Catholic and is defending life at every stage of human development from conception to natural death um, in that every place whether it's in a, a billionaire's palace or to a guy that's sleeping on the street either a baby in a womb or an elderly person in a nursing home each of them God loves God loves and he desires the best for them and so I desire the best for each of those people and I don't, I don't know where you are on the spectrum. You know, you're listening to, to this confession. I don't know if you're the person to consider yourself pro-choice or, um, or what. But if you are, one, it was a position that you haven't really thought about. You haven't thought things through to your logical conclusions. You, you just maybe you said, well, I'm pro-choice, but you haven't finished that sentence. I'm, I'm pro-choice choosing to kill a baby in a womb maybe did you finish it through or if you're a person who you know is a, a liberal raised a liberal you know you've been influenced by liberals and you just accept it accepted it just just prima facie that well it's a woman's choice it's just a fetus you can just kill it you know actually just to question that is, is that true 
We we have to question what we uh, what we receive. We have to be like Descartes, in in some sense, in this way. Everything that we have received that we haven't questioned have is, is that true? Just just think logically about these things. Um, the moral act itself. At one point in time, is it okay to kill a human being? Is is that is that moral or immoral? If it's immoral to kill a human being, especially one that's defenseless, vulnerable. Um, is that okay? Is, is that right to kill them? And if it is okay, then then at what stage is it not okay? Because if, if we can kill that child in a womb, then when when can we kill a human being for our own selfish reasons? Okay, let, let's think this through. And I'm saying, well, it, it's different when it's in a womb because it's a dependent. Oh, oh okay, well. What about other stages of life when the child becomes dependent? What about Down syndrome child? Or what about the elderly? And I, I, and I know some liberals who do follow their conclusions through. And saying, yeah, a person is hooked up to a machine or a person is elderly, can't take, them, take care of themselves. Yeah, kill them too. Because I think at least those liberals understand that's, that's the logic of this, of this thing, of this idea. That you can kill people who can't choose for themselves. And how close is that to slavery? How close is that to slavery? Saying that, oh yes, my slave, my choice. I can do my slave what I want to. The slave isn't really human. It's just a slave. Right? I mean, it's... I don't know where you are on the spectrum. I, I, I just want you to think about... The sickness of this. It's a very sick, a very sick idea that it's okay to kill a human being. And I, and I, I don't want people to think this is, this is not a political issue. This is a human issue. It's not a religious issue. This is a human issue. We don't even have to talk about, we don't have to distinguish whether there's a person in the womb or not. We don't have to debate personhood. That's a human being. Even as one day old, it's always going to be a human being at every stage of development. That's where you and I were. We ended up being human. What's in the womb isn't going to come out and become a monkey. You know, it's a human at every stage. It's not a religious issue. It's not a political issue. So don't feel as though you have to cling to your political ideology if you're a democrat well I'm a democrat I have to hold on to this belief I have to defend this belief no if it's wrong it's wrong if it's wrong it's wrong you don't have to hold on to that perhaps there's a way for you to still be a democrat and be and recognize the fact that you can't just kill people arbitrarily especially the defenseless ones maybe there's a way I don't know but but let's come to a place as human beings where we realize that this is sick. This this is sick. <laughs> what we're doing to each other. I mean, what? Who kills babies in the womb? Who does that? That's sick. Then perhaps maybe we can get to the root of this issue and, and talk about a, a bigger issue. If we perhaps first recognize that, okay, this is, we can't do this anymore. 
because abortion is not where this, this issue starts. Again, this is a symptom. We have some other things to address. We have to get to the root of this. But first, we should just agree that we don't, we don't kill babies, defenseless babies, needy babies, vulnerable babies in a womb. And we don't kill elderly people in nursing homes. Okay? We don't kill homeless people in alleys. Okay? We don't... Every stage of human development, we got to... We had to protect it and defend it. And we have to start that defense in the womb because that's where life begins. Before I can defend that homeless guy in the alley or that, that sick person in a nursing home receiving bad care, first I have to protect that baby in the womb so they can get to that state, so they can get there. Okay? So we start there in the womb. That's why you fight hardest there. Okay, so I implore you. I beg you. This is my confession. God bless you.